Well, good morning, saints. Merry Christmas. It is so good to be together in the house of the Lord with the people of the Lord. Uh, This morning, we've received greetings from all over the world, from our ministry partners, uh, wishing us a Merry Christmas. So I want to pass those on uh, to you. Uh, Another point to rejoice this morning, the sermon will be short. So one more thing to rejoice about this morning. Indeed, the sermon will be shorter this morning, but I want you to be glad that you came. Two years ago, we preached a sermon, an Advent series on the word behold. We highlighted this special word as it's used throughout scripture. It's a very unique word. Behold. It means stop. Listen to what I'm telling you. You weren't, you wouldn't expect what I'm about to say. And what I'm about to say is amazing and it has huge repercussions for you. We see the word behold used all throughout the Bible because the unfolding drama of redemption is all about God doing amazing things in and through and for us. This morning, I'd like to look very briefly at a few of these, but do something we haven't done before, and that is to make direct application in light of these seven behold statements. These behold statements are found before Christ was born, when he was born, throughout his ministry, and after his ascension. So let's begin, if you care to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7, you will recognize most of these. Isaiah chapter 7, we'll look at each one briefly. This is integral to the entire Advent story, the narrative. And remember, different translations will render this word differently. Sometimes it says look, or sometimes it just emphasizes the entire statement. Therefore, the verse 14, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. The entire purpose of Jesus coming is wrapped up in the virgin birth. You cannot separate the two. But remember, this verse had an original setting. Liberal scholars love to point out that the Hebrew word could actually be rendered young lady, which wouldn't be very surprising really at all. However, when Matthew applies the verse to Jesus, he makes the meaning of the word un mistakable which is why the word behold is there in the first place clearly the ultimate fulfillment was the miraculous virgin birth necessary so the son of man would not be born from the sinful line of adam now let's look at jesus life and ministry i invite you if you care to turn to john chapter 1 Where do we find the word behold? We find it at a very crucial moment in Jesus' ministry. When he first shows up in 
public. Remember, the Old Testament is the catalog of endless sin sacrifices ministered by priests. Day after day and year after year, blood would flow for sinners, but the job was never really done. Because once the sacrifice was made, they're already scheduling the next one. In Genesis, we have one sacrifice that is made for a person or for a couple. When God took the, the coat of the animal and placed it around them to cover their shame. In the second book of the Bible in Exodus. We have one sacrifice the Passover for a household. The young male lamb without defect. When they would take his blood and put it on their doorpost, when they would walk through, they would be covered by the blood of the lamb, never to return to slavery. They were redeemed. In Leviticus, we have the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, one sacrifice for an entire nation. And this would continue year after year for centuries. Until that day, John 1.29, when John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He has come, the one to whom all the prophets spoke of. He's here. He's with us. He is not only for the Jews. He is for everyone. And he will actually take Away sin. I invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 1. Last book in the Bible. Now Jesus did not stay in the grave when he died for our sins. Praise God. He is alive. We serve a risen Savior. Our confidence in death is this. That he goes before us. And he is our hope and stay. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. The Apostle John sees Jesus after his resurrection, after his ascension. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me. And Jesus said, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Don't miss this. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I've risen from the dead And specifically, he says, I have the keys of death and Hades. Now consider this. What work did Jesus give us to do? Matthew chapter 28. What work has Jesus given us to do? Because remember, we look back at the coming of Christ. But we anxiously await his second coming. We look back at his first coming and we anticipate his second coming. We call this the Great Commission. 
and for good reason. Jesus spelled out for us our one job. One. One job. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in earth, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you even to the end of of the age. I will not leave you alone to get the job done. Back to Revelation. Revelation chapter 21. Now let's look for a moment at what is ahead. Revelation chapter 21. In verses 3 to 5, it is punctuated with Two behold statements. This is God speaking. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be uh, with them as their God. This is our precious comfort that we have. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning. And listen. I know this is a hard season for many. And this year is a particularly hard season for many. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anywhere, for the former things have passed away. Watch this, verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Why did Jesus come? So God could make this statement right here. I am making all things new. This, my brothers and sisters in Christ, this is your future. Every last tear will be wiped away upon your entrance. Our toils, our sorrows, our difficulties, they will all be worth it. Two more. Second Corinthians chapter five, if you care to go there. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. The newness that God is making is not all in the future because he's already started that work now. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. That is the new birth. That is regeneration. That is you and I who are in Christ. All things have been made new. 
And one more. You thought you were done with Revelation, but such is not the case. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 20. These are his words to the church at Laodicea. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. What a precious, extraordinary statement. Jesus is speaking to his people, to his church. I'm here. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I long and I desire fellowship with you and I desire for you to have that fellowship with me. If you are here this morning feeling stressed out, spiritually dry, listen to what he's saying. A gracious invitation to commune with the Lord. Now with these seven behold statements, I'd like to give each of us, like to tie this together and give specific points of encouragement for that this last Sunday in this calendar year. Number one, we have a tendency to latch on to our past And have that define both our present and our future. We look to our past and that defines who we are now. And it defines all that we could ever become in the future. If people knew where I've been. If people knew the real me. They would never see me as one. Who could ever contribute. Saints, that is not how things work. If we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Can I say that very directly this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If we are in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. We are not defined by our past, but by our union with Christ. Christ. Number two. Similarly, we have a tendency to disqualify ourselves from Christian service because we think we are not good enough. We mess up way too much. My friend, it was never about your natural ability and it was never about my natural ability. It is about our availability to him our availability to him for him to use us to work in and through you he does not call the qualified he qualifies those who are called that is why jesus said behold i am with you always even to the end of the age. He will give you the wisdom and the strength that you need to do the one thing that he has asked of you and me, the church corporate, to make disciples who make 
disciples. That's why Jesus says, behold, I'm with you. Allow me to live through you, to strengthen you. Christ in us, the hope of glory, so we can be good news to those around us. Three, do not neglect the Lord's presence. Do not operate in your own strength. Gain discipline over the millions of distractions that vie for your attention. We are, hands down, the most distracted generation in the history of ever. That's us. We are distracted. They amuse your mind and they drain you of your vitality. But they will never fill that God-shaped void in your life. Never. There is nothing as comforting, as invigorating, as strengthening as his presence. You are not too busy for the presence of God. You will have seasons where you are just going from one thing to another. But by and large, remember what Jesus said. I stand at the door and knock. My friends, he died for you. He died for us to purchase us for himself. Don't neglect the presence of God. I will come in, he says. I will meet you in your broken places. I will breathe life into your weary soul. We can do nothing apart from Christ. John 15. Practice his presence even before you serve him. Number four, we're almost done. Do not live in fear. Fear is a big one for so many of us. Do not live in fear for your life. Do not fear, live in fear of death. Do not fear, live in fear of what people think about you. Jesus said, Revelations 1, Behold, I have the keys of death and Hades. They're in my hands. No one else's. Live with a growing excitement for your true home. Know that Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil. It's why he came. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let us walk in grace every single day. Number five, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Jesus gave you a job to do. Let's get to work with this great corporate task of making disciples. What is it that is sidetracking you from serving the Lord? What is it that's holding you back? What is stopping you from gathering regularly with God's people? What will it take for us to give up lesser things to live for that for which Christ died for us? Last one. If you feel like a misfit, if you feel that you don't really belong, 
if you feel that everybody else has it together, with the exception of you, may I say as your pastor, it's simply not true. The number of people who actually look around and think everybody else has their life together, but except for me. I can tell you there are a lot of burdens that are being carried this morning. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to think about. Think about the lengths that God went to to make you his own. We started off with that tremendous verse from Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall give birth. You can't make that up. Look at how God planned all of that. Look at how he told us, Micah chapter 5, where he would be born. 500 years before he was born. Where he would be born. All these details that meticulously come together to tell us who Jesus is and why he came. He came for you. Isaiah 53, that amazing passage that talks about the crucifixion of Jesus. Psalm 22. My hands and my feet, they have pierced. Have you ever stopped to think, that's not how Jews kill people. When Jesus first said he would be crucified, that was a remarkable statement. Because the Jews killed by stoning, not by crucifixion. But there was a plan that God had in place. I want you to know, all of this was for you. You are valued. You are loved beyond words could ever describe. And you have purpose. May these words be encouraging or even convicting as needed as we close out this calendar year. May the Lord bless each of us as we celebrate and ponder and we worship and we serve. In 2023, next year, we'll start a series in Colossians. But before that, next Sunday, there's one little Hebrew word that we're going to preach on next next Sunday. It's one word, but it's a game changer. It's a very intriguing word in your Old Testament that we will look at. Would you join me and prepare your hearts for, for prayer? Indeed, we are wrapping up 2022. It's been quite a year. For each of us, we all have our, our triumphs and our sorrows and our losses, our sadness. I want to take a moment to tell you how deeply loved you are by God. May we together bear one another's burdens and heartaches and griefs in the months to come next year. Be refreshed in knowing that God loves you. The very simple good news that we preach, the reason why Jesus' coming is such good news, why it is noteworthy, He didn't come to be a moralistic teacher. He didn't come to tell you to do better, to to behave yourself better. He came 
to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. Without sin, he laid down his life for sinners. Was crucified, buried, and rose again. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If you have never put your faith or your confidence and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the free gift of eternal life. Thank you for the coming, for the death, the burial, and the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, I pray that we would take comfort being together this morning, that we would be reminded of your care, of your providence, of your love for us. Thank you for those who are visiting today. Thank you for those who are back in town we haven't seen in a while who are with us. Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I pray that as we ponder this new year before us, that it wouldn't be about us doing better because we know there's so many things we could do better. But that we would resolve Resolve ourselves to enjoy that time with you, to be strengthened in our inner man, to serve with your strength, to love the unlovables in our lives with your strength and by your grace. All of these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.